why is it that these dummies always go into the same bad situation together where they're all just taken out <laughs> oh sorry that's me you're ready <laughs> welcome back to bothered and bewildered a buffy verse podcast Today, we are going to be talking about season one, episode 11, out of mind, out of sight, which feels weird to say because we don't usually say it like that. Like for a quick second, I thought I just said it wrong, but that's what it's called, right? Uh, out of yeah, mind. that was on purpose. Yeah, that's okay. the play on what happens. Because, because yeah. you're not thinking about uh, mm, me literally forgetting her name. You're not thinking about Marcy. <laughs> And therefore, <laughs> I already forgot her name. Uh, I, didn't know I literally either. just had to think so hard. I literally <laughs> just think Clea Duvall. That's it. I'm like, yeah. you know, you have to forget about Clea Duvall, as so many people do. And uh, gay icon sweet. Clea Duvall. Still constantly working. Um, <laughs> so our penultimate season one episode aired on uh, May 19th, 1997. And it goes pretty much as follows. As Cordelia pre- uh, prepares for Sunnydale High's May Queen competition, an invisible force starts attacking her closest friends. This is the first time that for a kind of dumb episode that the description didn't like make it sound way cooler than it was. Like, that's, yep, like, yep, that's what happened. Mm-hmm. And doesn't it totally go. give away everything. Thank God. Like, I, I can't imagine sitting there with my, my DVD being like, I've never seen these. And then like, all the, the plot points that don't come up for like 20 minutes are all ruined in your little one sentence description. It's annoying. Yeah. I will say this episode, pretty decent episode, is wild that it comes before Prophecy Girl because there's no mention of anything important in this episode as far as I can remember. Like, Other we don't than see the master. Get the codex. Yeah. Okay, Angel, Angel has reappearing. Angel, Angel finds a book. Literary King very quickly for something that's been missing since like the 1500s (laughs) he had it in his he was like like, oh it was just misplaced actually i was um, like i know exactly where yeah i was chilling with this guy that had it and i know exactly where it is like what (laughs) i mean convenient i love it but yeah i thought this one was enjoyable like and i think if we're talking about just like it's weird when an episode like this airs before such an important finale. That will happen from here to eternity on this it is show. It's extremely consistent. And yeah. I also think it's it's a trend to not only have like a kind of ugh episode before the finale, but also that there's always, almost always like a kind of blah episode after like a very heightened popular one. It's I don't know if that's because like, the one episode's so good, like the next one can't possibly live up to mm-hmm. it, or because after they kind of hit certain like climactic moments and like you know huge high points in their arc, that they're kind of like, okay, now let's bring it back down, and we're all <laughs> kind of in that like you know down feeling for a moment. But yeah, this is this is very typical. <laughs> yeah, so I guess we should just jump right in. We open on uh, Cordelia talking pretty animatedly and excitedly to Harmony and her friends about the spring coming up and the May Queen competition when Buffy bumps into them, once again spilling various uh, Slayer paraphernalia on the ground. Buffy makes up an excuse about borrowing it from Giles for a history project. Uh, then we go to English class where Cordelia is commenting that in The Merchant of Venice, famously a book I pretended I read for uh, senior year AP Lit, um, the character Shylock is self-involved and whiny. She likens it to a bicycle rider she ran over once. Uh, the girl whined about her pain in her leg and uh, ignored Cordelia's traumatic experience of hitting her. Uh, the teacher seems pretty agreeable to the viewpoint. After class, Cordelia arranges to talk with the teacher the next day about her paper. Nice to see Cordelia, like, care about school. Like, that this yeah. wasn't just, like, a random thing that comes up way later on. I'm like, oh, I guess she does sort of care about her homework a little from here also, also side note that the the lesson that they're on they're talking about shylock from merchant of venice which is infamously an incredibly anti-semitic 
um, play that actually they've done studies. Um, and when it is performed, like anti-Semitism actually rises after. So like, thanks again for all the swastikas and Nazis. And now like, we're literally like, who, who was this? Who did this? I really would love to know. So. Yeah. What weird anti-Semite oh, was just yeah, like what? Yeah, like definitely was just like, a, you know, some kind of pre-incel hanging out in the Buffy writer's room, like just going mm -hmm. unchecked, like I see you, so. Yeah, very like, it, it's the first time we just see it sort of woven I, in a way where if you're not really paying attention, me, uh, <laughs> you're gonna yeah. like miss it. Like I'm sitting there, I'm like, wait, what did she just say? What is she talking about? Yeah, also, I mean, if you're also like, you're not trained to like look for some of like the, the what are they, like dog whistles? Like, I don't know that the necessarily they were trying to do anything anti-Semitic, but like they, it still was. It's, weird it's still that weirdly it's bringing in Judaism. It's very weirdly bringing Again. it in, especially considering like the previous references. Like this is like what the fourth or fifth, like mm -hmm. in a season, which only has 12. So no, at this point, 11 episodes. It's a, it's a lot. It's yeah, a like lot please weird. just leave Jewish people alone. Please leave us alone. Respectfully. Leave us the fuck. Also, like when you're doing this whole like vampires that like literally you can take down with like the cross leave us the fuck out of this like this is not our <laughs> it's not, not our enough shitting on catholicism here personally yeah, yeah we as haven't a, done that in a little while yeah, yeah it's about a, time actually um <laughs> i'm in fact begging for it um i did want to say a nice quick welcome back to harmony um yes. who i want famously only enjoy on this television program and not on angel um it's funny to see Cordelia with a boyfriend for the like for the first real time like this is a guy that she's calling her boyfriend uh who she does uh when he says that maybe your dress will be blue uh she says to match your eyes and uh she says my eyes are hazel Helen Keller <laughs> which does make me laugh every time <laughs> like but I'm like oh so we're referencing a woman who famously cannot see before we talk about which is invisible babe yeah. Um, Cordelia cannot see in this episode. Yeah. Uh, and oh, and also, this is the second time Cordelia can't see. Can't see. Right. The witch, <laughs> witch, yeah, took her sight away. So, first literally, now figuratively. It's all that vanity. She cares about looks so much. Uh, they're like, what if you just didn't see anything? Yeah. Um, so, in the boys' locker room, Mitch, Cordelia's boyfriend, is attacked by a floating baseball bat uh cordelia is outside campaigning for may queen uh xander and willow are mocking cordelia referring to a past that buffy did not share with them uh and she feels pretty left out and explains that she was pretty much the may queen at her old school or whatever the equivalent was uh the conversation ends when they hear that mitch was found beaten in the locker room principal snyder arrives confirming that mitch is not dead yay nobody died in this episode uh before mitch is taken to the hospital he tells them uh what had happened to him that he was you know beaten with his own floating baseball bat um, Principal Snyder stops Buffy from entering the crime scene, but Buffy and Xander, or Willow and Xander manage to distract him, uh, which allows Buffy to slip into the locker room and finds where she finds the word look spray painted on the lockers. Tragically, Willow and Xander, funny in this scene. Annoying. Tragically, um, Principal Snyder. Funny. <laughs> I don't know, like, I can't remember his arc, right? I can't remember if We've always planned what will become his arc or if he's just a weird man right now. I don't know what's going on. If I'll like him forever, I don't know. But right I think, now- I think it's there. Yeah. I'm digging it. I would agree. Okay. Okay. I had in my notes that the boys' lockers were really tiny. I Why is the boys' locker room set so different from the girls' locker right, room? Right, like their lockers like go up to like their belly button. Like <laughs> our like gym lockers at my school were weird. Like we had like double stacked lockers, but uh -huh. the mm -hmm. girls' locker room is so different. Well, Which, and, again, and like, it's like most have because, different locker rooms, right. but it's so strange. Well, it's only noteworthy because we've been in the girls' locker room several times now, and we literally opened with a dead body in the girls' locker room, and I literally was like, I guess this is why Darla decided to put her first victim <laughs> of the show in the girls' locker room, because he would have been too <laughs> big for the boys' lockers. He would have been, like, scrunched. You should have had a in half to fit him in there. It's the one time they, for some reason, don't reuse a set. Right, yeah, like just swinging yeah, around. There's, why, why there's one hallway. Locker rooms. There, 
there's one so, hallway and they walk back and forth the same hallway the same, well, yeah. over and over With again. that one water fountain, which also yeah. is the same hallway they're going to walk through when they go to college. Literally. <laughs> but two locker rooms. We put a lot of effort two in locker rooms lockers with different sized lockers. What? <laughs> I do want to mention uh like Cordelia here. And uh first of all, to keep talking about the the loony fringe that we've so discussed as like the weird indoctrinated incels from the other episodes <laughs> when she tells Buffy that uh I don't think I need the loony fringe vote she's like I don't need you to vote for me for me queen I'm good um and Buffy sort of feels like she's like in the loony fringe because this used to be her life she used to be the like prom queen at the LA school and she's pretty sad because not only now that Willow and Xander are like well you have us now who needs that but like she doesn't really have them because they have this whole 10 years of friendship on her that she'll never have with them so that always makes I always get a little sad for my homegirl here it's almost like she's feeling invisible yeah <laughs> whoa oh, wow <laughs> I do love Cordelia and Buffy and so we good. need less Willow and Xander and more Cordelia like Buffy go hang out with our girl Cordelia yeah. because oh, I, I would have an eye on a lot of things <laughs> I do want to mention uh, how funny it is before they like uh, get to the library that Giles just like sits down with them at lunch because that never happens ever again. Like that's pretty funny that he's just like, let me as the librarian just sit with these dorks at lunch while we try to figure out uh, (laughs) what invisible thing could have possibly attacked Mitch. Uh, They sort of suspect a ghost. Which like poltergeist. 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 Which Uh, we'll get to that. Harmony uh, asks Cordelia about Mitch's condition. Cordelia explains that he's all right, but he's looking too bruised for the prom pictures. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) In a flashback, we see uh, Cordelia and Harmony talking about Mitch's recent breakup with a girl named Wendy and whether Cordelia would like to be his girlfriend. Uh, In the present, Harmony is uh, pushed down the stairs by an invisible force and injures her ankle. Uh, as Buffy approaches, Buffy then follows the invisible source of laughter, resulting in it bumping into Buffy before escaping, meaning it could not possibly be a ghost because it did not pass through her. This is so how, funny. How Every time something happens, I laugh. <laughs> <laughs> but I honestly, like, how did that fall not do way more damage to Harmony? Harmony it, should be dead. Right. Yeah, I was like, she should definitely be dead. And like, or, or like, more than just like a sprained ankle like mm-hmm. really rolled down like she went and she went i mean those stairs those stairs were never ending like deep ass stairs i do want to point is very concerned that the school is going to get sued <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> i do want to point out that earlier harmony calls giles a creepy the creepy old librarian and like valid finally someone is like <laughs> this weird man who won't leave these kids alone <laughs> I'm like harmony you you have a point you make one good point ever and it's this <laughs> harmony you have a point famously never said again <laughs> literally ever um so before this uh giles had suggested that xander help him research which he does to get out of interviewing cordelia about what might have happened to mitch which again pretty funny this man just hates Cord- are we just like laying on really thick that he hates Cordelia before they just like start hooking up I guess that's true um no the scene bothered me because Xander cries 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 about how he has nothing to do and he has and he no never, value yeah and they're Giles literally asking openly you. is like I would really like your help and Xander's like I don't feel like it. shut the fuck idiot up. and then he Go agrees home. to do it only because he doesn't want to talk to Cordelia um he suggests that uh maybe she's a Greek god of some sort wearing a cloak of invisibility Buffy dismisses that theory because of the pettiness of the crimes like what god is just gonna push fucking Harmony Kendall down the stairs uh, Buffy <laughs> follows the sound of a flute throughout the school um in the library Giles is surprised by Angel in the dark uh who offers to get a yeah. book of prophecies Woo-hoo. the Pergamum codex whatever um another flashback sequence sees Cordelia and Harmony uh discussing a lecture and ignoring Marcy um let's do that before we even get to i want to say that these like sepia flashbacks really took me out of the whole thing why did they have to be discolored like what clearly we know sepia <laughs> means memory stupid i don't like it 
Get it out. I hate it. It's an Instagram filter. It's fine. (laughs) I will say I was icked by Angel just so openly to Papa Giles being like, I just have the hots for Buffy. I'm so horned up for your Slayer (laughs) as this vampire that I just can't be around her. And Giles has that little moment where he's like, wow, this is pretty uh, poetic in a maudlin sort of way, which is really funny. Oh yeah, we have to get the like, like, vampire in love with a Slayer. Beat her, beat him up. Like, whoop his ass, Giles. He's not going to fight back. What are your intentions for my daughter? (laughs) That must be our first, um, is that maybe it's not the first time that we get the whole like confirmation in this particular show that part of the lore is that the vampires have no reflection because they're talking about an invisible force and angels like it kind of sucks to not to look in the mirror every day and there's nothing there. He doesn't even know how hot he is. (laughs) That would be a shame to have that face and not be able to look upon it. And he's been mostly alive before, like, you know, cameras. <laughs> You'd have That's to true. sit for a painting. A painting. <laughs> Why aren't there more to paintings? To get his likeness. <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs> that little memory well, with he Marcy relates to Buffy. is kind of <laughs> stupid. Yeah. Yeah. He relates to Buffy. I, sort of to Marcy. This little memory with Marcy because she takes these weird little moments so seriously. Like Cordelia doesn't talk to anybody, girl, I mean, outside of these like three people. I'm half watching these Marcy memories and like being like, this is so dumb, but also wanting to be like, wait, wait, wait. Like, I'm not her. This is her experience. Yeah. It's valid. Like, you know, not everybody can read social cues, like, but it, it does feel very like she just wanted Cordelia to see her and she didn't. Like, it feels like a weird vendetta to have, like, versus, yeah. like, because, like, it seems like nobody was noticing her, which is so, like, sad. Like, when she's the memory of her in the classroom, she keeps, like, raising her hand and, like, not getting called in her so hands. Sad. Oh, my God, that was, that was heartbreaking. Because um, even the teacher. I was like, girl, there's right. 20 people all raising right. their hands. Like, that's why yeah. I was- yeah you guys are like that was sad and i'm like like, there's 20 other kids in the class but it must have happened to her before everything feels like labor yeah (laughs) when you're a teenager yeah it's like everything is is about you and the world revolves around you and we even have like we even have like this reference again to center of the universe in Mm -hmm. the in the opening teaching of merchant of venice um so like again like referencing like cordelia is the center of the universe which is really buffy is the center of the universe and like i guess if buffy is our let's say every woman or every man right then like of course we all feel this way at some point like we are we're the center of our own universes we are the stars of our stories and like if we're being ignored we're being really bad lead actors in our own lives (laughs) so we do all have those moments where you have that one social flub and it haunts you for like three days um and so I guess when you're then 16 yeah I could really uh it just I just like wonder like why we're going after Cordelia so hard for for this when it was everybody Mm -hmm. who was ignoring her like it would make more sense if she was previously in Cordelia's friend group and then maybe Cordelia like at some point decided like girl you're not cool enough for me and like she you know mm-hmm. even if they had just thrown in a couple of lines about like when they were younger right like, when they were in like fifth grade they were friends and then Cordelia got cool and I guess she picks Cordelia because it's so much easier to make an example out of the most popular girl in school in this sort of thing like everybody knows her as opposed to you who it seems nobody knows uh but also, yeah, like, no. I gotta say, Marcy does not have very good observation skills because <laughs> because after she does turn invisible, like, I get the impression, like, I, I forget if it was confirmed, but it feels like she's been invisible for, like, six months or, or she mm-hmm. disappeared six months ago. I'm not sure, like, at what point. But, like, if you were actually paying attention and you're, like, watching everybody, which you can because you're invisible, you would see, like, Cordelia is actually, like suffering too in her own way you know like she's also lonely and maybe you find some sympathy for her <laughs> like I yeah she's she's beyond she's fully yeah well bananas. like like Buffy says at the end like you're like loony and so which I think it's funny mm-hmm. that like we get to a point where we're like we don't feel bad for this bitch anymore right, she's which, just like, she like, was yeah like poor girl was like very sad very lonely very ignored and like 
manifested her invisibility. Like, but yeah, it but is, then she yeah, takes it, it to it, a dark place. Yeah. Cordelia's been so, so mean to people that her, what they then show to like drive this girl to insanity. It doesn't seem that mean, is not. Right? Yeah, it's just like doesn't match what we've seen. And like, why does she go in? I, I know why she goes and attacks her face. She makes it very obvious and tells us in plain English. But <laughs> it, it feels like not the thing to do. Like it just felt, it felt like, what did I write? Sorry. Fucking up the popular girl's face is giving Joss Whedon wet dream. We'll get there. Whoa. <laughs> Icky, scary. <laughs> Speaking of Cordelia being the popular girl, uh, back in our present day, after we have to watch this weird little memory, um, Cordelia wins the May Queen Award. Um, Willow then brings the list of missing students that Buffy asked her to bring. And uh, Buffy suspects that it's Marcy when she sees under her list of activities that she was in the band and she played the flute. Uh, she tracks Marcy, finds her hideout. Just as Marcy finds Mrs. Miller, Cordelia's literature teacher, uh, she chokes her with a plastic bag, which is insane. Which is uh, horrifying. That was scary. scary. Yeah. Yeah. Cordelia arrives a short while afterwards because she was supposed to have a meeting to talk about her paper. Uh, she saves Miss Miller and there's an invisible handwriting listen on the blackboard. Yeah, that's all. That seemed scary. That's really all that we But need. also, and that is, yeah. Yeah. No, like, I feel like there's some, there's like definitely like certain scenes in season one that I feel like maybe go a step too far or like are just not things we typically see like depicted when, when cordelia just finds her face down on the desk with the bag over her head that's one of the like scarier shots i think and like then like a vampire biting you or yeah because yeah, yeah, me, i'm person... like well that's fake right <laughs> yeah right. Like, this is this could happen people yeah. that happens I, I was actually just like sitting there like going like how did they film this like you should you know like I mean I feel like it's like beat into your your psyche as a kid like you don't put plastic bags over your head or at least that was how it was in my household like it was like <laughs> it was like the worst thing you could possibly do was put a plastic bag anywhere near your face like even you know like not even putting it all the way on like don't even put it near your face like it was like the most dangerous thing ever yeah. and so I'm just like, I, how did they film this like it was the 90s I feel like they just low-key just put a bag on her head <laughs> like I feel like whenever you hear celebrities now talk about the safety measures that were in place yeah. like early 2000s and and be and later they'll just be like so then I threw myself to the ground and plummeted off of something and I we didn't have stun or we didn't have this or that we hear about intimate intimacy coaches a lot now and like what people yeah. had to deal with they used to have more. I listen to the office ladies every once in a while and they would have safety meetings if there was like a candle in a seat like they would have to have like a quick like here's the safety meeting um <laughs> there's gonna be a flame <laughs> right here like a real flame and they'd be like yeah. it's a fucking candle like <laughs> so it's funny to me that it's like there was a plastic bag on this lady's head um yeah I don't know how they could have done that yeah I will say where's, though where's like a random production member yeah um, please, please come explain to us the plastic bag. Thank you. We need answers. Um, but I will say for this scene, this is a nice moment of um, Cordelia being the true shadow and becoming Buffy because this is, I think, really one of the only other times we actually see a student other than Buffy, like, just coming to the rescue. Like, I love that when Cordelia sees the teachers in trouble, like, she doesn't even not even a split second she immediately jumps into like i'm gonna go save you like and tries to help her and i i love that for cordelia cordelia a hero a this hero. is her first moment cordelia a hero <laughs> so it from uh marcy's little layer in the school buffy snagged her yearbook which willow looks over and sees that it's full of the nice generic have a nice summer greeting something that you write down in a yearbook of somebody you don't really know showing that nobody really knew Marcy. Uh, she's horrified to find her own greeting to Marcy, which was have a great summer. So she's like, maybe I cared a little, but uh, she quite <laughs> literally does not remember having a single class with this girl. Turns out she had four. Um, Giles realizes that Marcy became invisible, not because of magic, but science. She became invisible because people treated her like she didn't exist. Then there's another little flashback sequence where we, see... <laughs> <laughs> where we see Marcy being looked over by uh, the teacher like we were talking about before in favor for those around her even when she had her hand up she puts it down in defeat and starts to become invisible Giles is really funny in this scene like he's great here when he's talking about the uh 
the generational gap that he's uh <laughs> that he's existing in here or he's teetering on the edge of the generational gap i think that's a oh my one. god i was just realizing giles is like a boomer yeah that makes yeah. me really sad <laughs> that, that, bum, that bums me out <laughs> I I were supposed to be sad for this girl, but I thought it was so funny. This this whole yearbook thing that they're like cracking the code. Like how how no no one knows this girl. She was in the band. Somebody had <laughs> no to one know her. her. Or, no one's ever spoken to her before. Right, but like ever. also like does she have family? I, her family must not care that much. That I guess missing. like I she they reported just... her missing. I guess. Oh yeah, like she literally oh, just she needed on one person to be like, "It's okay. Like you're gonna get out of high school. Like seriously, this is not everything. You'll go to college. You'll find your people. Like that's usually what happens." So that's what the Aces study found. <laughs> need that one adult to get their adverse childhood experience. Yeah. So we need more creepy librarians to hang out with. Everybody the- needs a Giles. <laughs> <laughs> is Buffy wearing blue in this scene? like a lot, a lot of, blue. of blue or did I make so that much blue I, th- okay. I I wasn't really noting it too much because I feel like the clothing isn't as significant in these episodes yeah. as they are in others but I was noting like there was a very heavy presence of blue in her I wardrobe. think I only noticed because I hated that little scarf thing that she had on yeah like I was like this is not not my jail. favorite choice jail <laughs> fashion jail she does have a thing for scarves in season one i don't know what was going on in 1996 like it was like working girl I, it was no <laughs> take it away it is it is really interesting that marcy just straight up can't control this power at all that she just like has the like could are we supposed to believe that this could happen to anybody well they said meets the hell mouth it's so weird so like quantum physics is like manifesting right i I mean that's basically what it is so it's like whatever your perception is is going to shape your reality yes which i mean it's (laughs) actually legit like (laughs) there are scientists on this um and like like they've done they've seen these things where if you have like an atom and you don't know where it is um and then you like think where it is like you see it it shows up in that place like so it could be like literally anywhere until you have the perception of it and that's where it becomes placed but then you have this on the hell mouth where everything is suddenly like but then again like we know at the end there are other kids like her she's in a whole school for invisi children so like well, we learn there are other hell mouth or not mouth, right did we eventually? yeah eventually we don't know that yet yeah yeah so yeah so maybe like the- every kid on a hell mouth like i mean if you're if you're up on your manifesting you could do some real good stuff there <laughs> or some damage depending or some on which way you're stuff. gonna go yeah yeah so our pals the scoobies figure out that uh marcy must be after cordelia and pretty seriously when cordelia walks into the library asking buffy for her help and her protection they decide to use cordelia as bait to have buffy bodyguard her um as cordelia is getting dressed and ready for the dance um she confides in buffy that she's really lonely too but being popular beats being lonely by yourself this is such a great charisma carpenter scene for all i've read about her and how much shit they used to give her for like missing lines and messing up takes like she's great in this scene um marcy lures willow xander and giles into the boiler room which i have some thoughts about this where she closes the door and opens the gas then grabs cordelia while she's changing and buffy's waiting outside the door buffy follows cordelia and finds her unconscious marcy surprises buffy kicks her and knocks her out why is it that these dummies always go into the same bad situation together where they're all (laughs) just taken out what like even in the last episode you were like well maybe it's a bad idea to split up and I'm like no sometimes it's the right idea because you shouldn't all be getting knocked out by the gas like are you for real (laughs) what are we doing here and for them to be all taken out by like one person one person these are not this is not a mythical person a human with human power yeah and Giles is a grown man (laughs) getting duped out literally outside of being invisible all she does is like breathe heavy behind you and like float a little night laugh a little bit and laugh (laughs) and play the flute and play the The floating weapons were something else (laughs) they were cracking me up the bag was scary 
right? Because I feel yeah. like you don't even always see such graphic yeah. um, crime happening on like a crime drama, right? So that was that was a little scary, but just the like the floating knife cracked me up. <laughs> so weird. Um, but yeah, like Cordelia is really good in this scene. And this is one of those times where you actually see Buffy and Cordelia face to face almost come to the conclusion that it, at their core, they are the same. And uh, yeah, Cordelia is really cool here in that she's like, you know, most of these people probably don't even like me. They don't listen to a word that I say. Um, it just it just matters that they're there. So I'm like, well, that's pretty sad. But <laughs> I love I love Cordelia. Justice yeah. for Cordelia. Mm-hmm. Who- Justice for Cordelia. Which I guess she kind of gets a little of. It does. She she kind of gets it. But I yeah. wonder how this- much of this Buffy is feeling with like Xander and Willow at the moment. And also like all the times that Giles ignored her honing. <laughs> Even still. <laughs> just mm-hmm. rough. Uh, so Buffy wakes up, finding herself uh, tied to a chair next to Cordelia, similarly indisposed in the same situation. They see the word learn on a curtain and Marcy explains that Cordelia is the lesson or she will be when she uh, makes a mockery of Cordelia's face via some uh, crude surgery. Uh, Buffy kicks the instrument tray at Marcy, who she can't see, uh, frees herself from the ropes. Angel, who had come to the school to deliver the codex to Giles, uh, rescues the Scooby, shuts out the gas. Buffy concentrates, she's honing. She listens to Marcy and uh, knocks her into a curtain before knocking her out. This is a scary ass little scene for a hot minute. She's like, I'm literally gonna fuck up your face with these scary crude surgery tools that were literally, how did you manage to get a whole, a whole little surgery cart to the, to the bronze? Is that where they are? They're at the bronze. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, how, they're did, at the how did they just got these there? How did she get, how did she get them the to the bronze? <laughs> your backpack's not invisible, girl. All your little implements yeah. are not invisible. But how is she naked? If, when Buffy's invisible, isn't she naked? No. She's not naked. In season six? Yeah. No. She's not. She, got, she just got a haircut and then they turned her invisible. Because the whole joke <laughs> of that episode is like, your hair, you got a haircut? <laughs> like she so keeps art, being like, so and they then they turned me clothes. invisible. Yeah. She's definitely got clothes on because she was turning invisible with her clothes on. Okay. Like I don't she think never changed like, her clothes. Your clothes away. Well, never changed, changed again. Them. And then they become invisible. This is the problem I have with the episode. Not the physics hell mouth issue, just the clothes. <laughs> just like do her clothes turn invisible with her? Is she wearing the same yeah. clothes? Like when Sabrina the teenage witch crazy. had an also, invisible guy, Magic Joel. He was Magic naked. Joel. You could oh Magic God. Joel, the man who I think looks like Eric Balfour. Okay. Well, um <laughs> He was naked. Like he had to take off of his clothes because you could see his clothes. Yeah. Well, now it's making me question why she's living in the school. You could, could be, be anywhere, babe. Anywhere. Right. What are you doing home? in the school? You could just be home or like go stay in a hotel. Like go find like a luxury, go fly somewhere. Like you could go anywhere. You're invisible. Live yeah. your life. Live she your could best do life. Anything. Oh, we know, we know what Xander would do. We learned that. Oh, in two seconds. Why does he have to be so openly creepy Every in front of his two time. girlfriends and the, and the like, fatherly figure? Ugh. Stop. Can we just have a moment that's pure? No. No. Like, Jesse's while, dead. Not while Don't have a guy around. friend anymore to be disgusting with. And you need to let it go. All guy friends are canceled. <laughs> one of the guys, remember? One of oh, the yeah, little boy. Girls. My little boy, Willie. <laughs> jail jail <laughs> um but yeah this is also just like a cool moment for Buffy I think in that she like stand this is another I, this has to be our first like slayer hearing instance too right because that's sort of a thing that we'll talk about not in like detail or anything but it is like a skill that she has that she can hear abnormally well as part of her her powers but it's kind of cool that she's just concentrating really hard and I'm like wouldn't you as the invisible girl maybe think a little bit like why don't I like hold my breath for two seconds before I stab this girl or why don't I I don't know 
I think it's not, not occurring noises. to her. It she's, must not. She's well, she's, she's so in, no one has noticed this girl in six months, and she has been living in the school and like climbing she's been through, fucking giggling every time she does yeah, something bad. And no and one is hearing away. her, so she probably just assumes like, no, nope, nothing I do. You can't see me. You can't hear me. Like I mean, she does say listen, right? So her yeah. downfall. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I would I would expect that of Buffy. Like I would expect like. You know, I mean, I write, I write my warriors to like, you know, be able to use all of their senses as well. So I, I do love that moment with Buffy. Proud of her. <laughs> I do want to point out, this is only 30% relevant, but we also find out in this episode that vampires don't breathe. Yes. Angel's like, when he saves them, he's like, I, he I don't know. Yeah. Right. Well, this comes up again um, in the next episode. Cause he's like, I don't have oxygen, but it's funny because when he spends the night in Buffy's room and she's like, do you snore? And he's like, I don't know. Yes, you do. You do not. You do know. The answer is that you do not snore because you, you don't, don't have breath. <laughs> we you will many times though, see this man running around exaggerating, exaggeratingly out of breath. Like, sir, you weren't actually running through the streets of LA. You didn't have to do this. We'll also see them smoke, so whatever. That one's got to just be taste. Like that's just, just for the vibe. For the <laughs> well, vibe. I guess like, what do you do? Like, can they inhale? They can smell, right? Yeah, because I thought yeah. that was weird. I'm like, so they don't need to breathe, but they smell. They just stuff. can. So it's just they can. Well, they only uh, take, and then they can. Anyway, Cordelia, my queen. Oh, I do um, want to mention um, <laughs> about like about Cordelia, um, where Cordelia tries to stick up for herself and say like, "Hey, like I'm really lonely too," and whatever. And Marcy is having not None a of word it. of it, which I think is kind of like I see both sides of this. Like, obviously, this girl is like cuckoo bananas, but also she did accidentally manifest that she turned invisible. So I feel like that would turn me a little cuckoo bananas. But yeah, she is having absolutely none of the fact that Cordelia could even be at all lonely because Marcy's like, well, these people literally speak to you. So I'm like, yeah, I guess you're right a little. But also maybe stop trying to disfigure well, people. Yeah, there. I mean, there, <laughs> I is, there is a loneliness of being in isolation. And then there is a loneliness of being surrounded by people all the time and, and feeling unseen by them. And I think it's two different kinds of loneliness. There's a line at the beginning of Nightmares where they were talking about like one of the most basic human necessities is outside of like food and shelter is the need to be heard, mm. which I was like, that almost feels like it was supposed to be in this episode <laughs> and not in Nightmares. That was the lesson, right? Yeah, it was about active, active listening. listening, but yeah, it just feels like it was supposed to be here and not, and not in that one the play what, what did we did in the i know in the, um, i know nothing part. about this does anything does any of their like criticisms of this story like make sense like what is i like cordelia i feel like cordelia's thoughts on the play that they're reading in the beginning have meaning but i know nothing about the play so i don't know what she's talking about to like give any meaning to it I mean, I it's basically feeling that. like you're not getting justice, like you're not being, you know, like seen for who you really are supposed to be. Yeah. Um, so then Cordelia pops off and is like, they're self-centered. I guess, is that just like a... Well, yeah, like, I mean, she's she's basically, she's identifying with him, I think. And, um, and also coming from this place of like, like basically like he's misunderstood and so she's identifying with the character who's being misunderstood and and like mm -hmm. but also the one who's maligned you know because he's jewish so so she's basically saying like yeah like i'm seen but i'm not seen and i'm not understood you like you're all like listening to me but you're not hearing me as i think i think what we're supposed to take away from it that makes sense yeah anyway Funnily uh... enough <laughs> because our villain here is a person and not a demon uh buffy doesn't kill it mm. uh the fbi intervenes so uh they cool. arrive to haul marcy away uh cordelia comes by the day after the may queen coronation which she still attends after this like near disfiguration 
uh, to thank the Scoobies for helping her, much to their surprise. Uh, however, her reaction when Mitch arrives shows that she's not quite ready to renounce her popularity and uh, take uh, a nice little social nosedive and hang out with these guys. Uh, Marcy is taken to a school full of invisible students, like we talked about before, and taught by a teacher from the FBI. She sits down in class and opens her textbook. Uh, the title reads, Assassination and Infiltration, to which Marcy chuckles and just says, cool. <laughs> I have so many thoughts. First of all, really? love that I Cordelia, <laughs> love that Cordelia just is, d- doesn't care. She's just like, oh, this person's invisible and they tried to murder me. I'm down. Very like in Jenny Calendar just being like, I'm a techno pagan. What do you mean? Like Cordelia is just like very accepting of what the, the Scoobies do. Well, and I think before, everything. but when she initially approached them, she's like, you're always around when weird things happen. Like yeah. I, I, I had a note about how hard I laughed when she was like, I sort of hoped you were in a gang. Like I thought that yeah. was <laughs> Isn't that what she says at the, in the first episode? She's like, it's like there's gang showed up and Buffy knew them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they thought it was rival gangs and yeah. Buffy knew them. And yeah, she's like, we, well, we you're always use... around when the weird happens. Like they've <laughs> just seen enough gang shit. Violence. And <laughs> I mean, Cordelia's not that like unaware. Like she's actually pretty smart. Like she's sort of playing a game here with everybody. Mm-hmm. We we learn quickly she can't be bothered by anything that's not her. So she's like, whatever. It's true. Not yet about the supernatural. I mean, in a way, it's kind of nice. Like, it's like Cordelia actually can just roll the punches. Like, oh, like there's werewolves. Like, she's like, whatever, just don't bite me. (laughs) She's She's such an interesting character in that way. She's like, well, and I think it's sort of funny that like she's much more willing to just roll with the weird supernatural things that keep happening, whereas like Xander and Willow were so like shocked at the at the but I guess maybe that's just a proximity thing but Cordelia has now been targeted pretty pretty <laughs> nearly a, a half of the season so like girl you have to know something's up and she will so it's just who funny. she who she is is very important to her <laughs> and she is not the slayer she is the the may queen or whatever so it's not what gonna the let fuck is a may queen uh, what like yeah what is coming no I, I like i don't know like a it's home like spring yeah spring i guess it's like a spring fling that's like what midsummer is about or midsummer or whatever that movie. Yeah, that's what that movie's about like mm. the may queen oh, like, well, anything then. pretentious will be in the show reference constantly so um i forgot to mention that when cordelia goes to help get help from buffy in the library and i think giles is like oh, i've never seen you in here before and she's like yeah I have a life she's like I had a life and I was like that's literally Buffy before she became the Slayer like she never walked into the library she had a life but yeah Um, I think this FBI thing is so cool (laughs) and we don't care ever again I mean we'll see government demon BS but not in not in a way that's cool this could have really like been something that they opened up I, I was surprised earlier. at how low-key the FBI agents were. They were literally like, yeah, we're, like, going to take her away. And, like, there's totally other students that, like, this has happened to. But, like, shh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, shh, don't tell anybody. And I'm like, you mean that they don't have, like, men in black, like, you know, like, like forgetting thingies? <laughs> like, or, like, they're going to make them sign some kind of, like, NDA or, like. They very well might have. maybe (laughs) or or i don't know but like they also they definitely feel like the first draft also of like the initiative and then also like that special school in firefly that like river goes to um like they they definitely gave off like the vibes of like the the men with the blue hands (laughs) you're like we don't care about firefly But they really had that look of the agents and Firefly. Like they really did have that energy. But Mm -hmm. I feel like if we're gonna stick with Buffy, it was it should have been like, like it would have been cool if Marcy came back when we get introduced to the initiative. Like there's, it would be cool if there had been a connection, like a thread. But I feel like so many things in season one are just kind of like dropped, other than which, um, and you know, and then references to things. And then once we hit season two, like stuff that happens is like held on to a lot more strongly like i mean we've been saying like they do make references and have some continuity and threads that like go all the way through like the show but like this is one of those things where i'm like yeah I'll drop this one and it could have been cool like it could have been really cool Duval Amy's the- back in season yeah 
she she was like doing some weird movie probably by then she yeah was, like she was in like every 90s famous. horror movie and early 2000s and she was Here. always in some like weird indie thing with yeah like natasha leone just constantly yes. even still they still like are always in some weird indie thing together here's my question intervention <laughs> my question is if she goes to this school and is appreciated and seen will she be not invisible anymore i like, think they might just not go back i think yeah. i feel like they said like we rehabilitate like yeah we make them useful to society they and were they were teaching she's them gonna about assassination. assassination. Yeah. No, yeah, they're going to turn them in. They're, yeah, they're turning them into weapons. But like, so no, because they're Which valuable so cool. as a weapon if they're invisible. So, yeah, but I just wonder, like, if physics physics only works one way. Well, maybe it only works like as powerfully as it does if you're on the Hellmouth. Maybe yeah, no. the school's not on the Hellmouth. No Quantico mm. Hellmouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Very. Uh, maybe that's our that's our childhood trauma metaphor it changes you forever and then you're mm. invisible is it you become a weapon i'm really back on our emotional damage tree. leaves yeah. the mark yeah too much speaking of i have see. stats i have okay. stats y'all bring it on you know you i need to, like bring name this segment yeah <laughs> it's like kate, kate. stuff <laughs> So I wanted to just sort of look into like bullying at the time. Like we talked a little bit about which and like maybe what would have been going through people's heads. So I was a little bit curious and it looks like, I mean, I'm not a statistician. Can't even say the word properly. So I don't really know how significant this is, but there was a study that found in 2001 that 14% of students age 12 through 18 reported being bullied at school six months prior to the interview um you know which I thought was interesting um to sort of think about like a good chunk of kids at the time come 2019 that's gone up to 20 percent of students uh, report being bullied so it's definitely risen um of course I always wonder with statistics like if we really start to do a better job of like educating us like what bullying even really looks like are this is there really more prevalence or is it just sort of redefining and like making awareness I don't know I would I would imagine because I feel like there's like there's definitely a difference between like what we're accepting as like um kind of like sexual assault in this show versus like what we would today so, like, I imagine, like, there's bullying that's also, and, like, prejudice and racism and sexism and, like, everything you could think of, there's stuff that's just casually happening in this show that, like, isn't really being, like, noted because it was so the norm at the time. So, I would imagine bullying's got to find, like, a similar trend. Yeah, like, I would imagine, I mean, I, you know, we then have been seeing a lot of, like, bullying programs in schools, and so I do wonder if that has sort of changed kids experiences with bullying I know it's a huge issue in schools today where their kids are not really educated in the difference between bullying and like harassment or sexual harassment specifically and so things are often being categorized then as bullying when really it's sexual harassment like it rises to the level of a crime and then kids don't really know that and schools don't end up taking things as seriously as they should um which is also interesting. So, so much of it comes down to just like how that child is able to put into words what they're experiencing. And like this study doesn't talk about like the questions that were asked uh, as well. This was the um, National Center for Education Statistics. So like, I don't know how they defined it for the eyes of the kids, but it was definitely interesting. I also found a stat from stopbullying.gov that found that 12 of 15 school shooting cases in the 90s had the um the shooters had a history of being bullied so also interesting I mean obviously this student very much like terrorizes the school in a different way um just interesting to specifically see that like in the 90s this um was going on quite a bit um where where that bullying was sort of a pre a predecessor to this behavior so 
yeah I don't know it was just a very interesting I think we sort of make fun of <laughs> the bullying in this episode um which that study from the 90 or from 2001 does point out like social exclusion as a type of bullying even just in that research um I think it's only I think I only didn't take the bullying seriously in this episode because we've seen them all be so much worse. It feels like such muted bullying from Cordelia in terms of what we have and will continue to see. <laughs> yeah. So I get. I think. Yeah. She just maybe. Really. I never get the impression she's bullying Marcy. She's not really targeting her. Like she's not going after her. It. It. She's really just sort of being like herself. Like. like you, the, yeah. Like, like Marcy is actually yeah like she's actively inserting herself into Cordelia's conversations which honestly is exactly what Jesse was doing yeah she's um, putting herself in situations where she's yeah. gonna get her feelings hurt here I go Vicky right Lewin. like right like it wasn't like Marcy like she wasn't sitting in the bathroom alone you know and then like Cordelia was like oh look it's Marcy let's go get her like like yeah, she like, just they do know, that to like, Willow like a lot right yeah like, like she'll oh, go over Willow. Willow and be like oh yeah. Willow yeah um but like there wasn't yeah and like I think it, it was really more just neglect the show does not make this comparison but so I'll make it maybe we're supposed to believe that like the complete yeah neglect is even worse right because Willow Cordelia sees Willow <laughs> Cordelia sees Xander she bothers to speak to them even if like 80% of what she says to them is negative she does acknowledge them um, and maybe it's for Marcy, like that's even worse to just like truly not even be acknowledged enough to like be like directly bullied. Mm. Yeah, may- maybe she's right until she's trying to disfigure people. Then she's well, yeah, right. we do. We, we do have Buffy, a trauma informed queen, though, once again throughout this episode where she. I don't I don't again does the show do it on purpose I don't know but Buffy does a pretty good job we see here and there of like balancing like understanding where some of these more people bad guys are coming from and like what they've gone through while still being like but (laughs) it's not okay no and I have to still stop you yeah she has to because that is literally like the whole mission of the show so like every every bad guy is her um mm-hmm. right to some extent so like she's this episode's literally her feeling invisible feeling like i used to be cordelia and now i'm not and and like even feeling invisible somewhat to willow and xander who have like again like that whole inside joke and like history that happened before she got there and like even like when um she drops all the weapons in the beginning of the episode and like cordelia is like like staring at her and she's like oh these are you know like they're for history and like they're they're not what you think they are and, and cordelia is like i don't care so and she's then, like i literally do not give a like, shit literally could not give two craps about this and then buffy's like but did you hear me say that it was for history and it's like yeah, she, she's not seeing you she doesn't care she's not weirded out by your weapons because it's not on her radar <laughs> um and like buffy kind of even looks like almost like i wish it was like she looks like no notice me um so so yeah, like it would make sense. She'd have to have that sympathy. And I feel like that's something that's actually done really well in season two, you know, like even like with the people who are maybe like a bit more uh, vicious than Marcy, like I'm thinking of, um, oh my gosh, I can't remember his name, but my man in Lie to Me episode seven, um, her crush, her crush from her old school who comes and you know, is like trying to sell everybody to to Spike and Drusilla so that he can become a vampire. Um, like she's like, yeah, like you had a bad choice. Like, so she's much more, I think, identifying with the monsters in season two and like understanding where they're coming from, but also like realizing like you're a shadow and you made a different choice than me. And if I made that choice, I would also be bad. You know, it's not, mm-hmm. it's not who you are. Let's <laughs> not to quote Dumbledore. It's not our, it's not our abilities, but our choices <laughs> to define who are, but it's true. It, I mean, uh, but that actually that Ford? quotes Ford. Yes. Bored, <laughs> but the show has to do a good job of uh, yeah. getting us to feel empathy for I don't know soulless demons. And if we so- didn't nothing. Like, what would be the point of what we're doing here? What would we? Yeah, where would we be in literally every other season where we have to have empathy for the worst 
worst bad guys the world has seen or at least europe has seen right and so we they have america to has they, seen worse and we don't even get into that we have to establish very quickly our ability to like yeah empathize with the bad guys and buffy's ability because if buffy didn't have, have the ability and she did see things in a more black and white way which we will be introduced to somebody who does that soon enough um what would the show be angel would be dead already but i mean like we said before like as much as you were just saying like we have to sometimes feel sympathy for like these demons that don't have souls like empathy. this girl has a soul that's right sorry i don't know my differences <laughs> in my words sometimes <laughs> um me cutting that out because i sound like an idiot <laughs> but like like you were saying obviously sometimes we have to feel that way about like literal demons this is a girl they go to school with like this is and later on like I was thinking about um how many more times like the villain is just some kid from school going through something like later on with Jonathan many moons from now we'll have a little moment you know like it's very this episode feels so heavy-handed in the this is the horrors of high school and growing up and it's mm-hmm. so much so that it's like we couldn't even make this girl a demon like she's just a person who turned invisible an interesting choice yeah sure. it's also such a heavy-handed metaphor like if you're not really staring down this episode you wouldn't even notice that Buffy feels this way um because <laughs> it, it's I mean, very casual I think it works to make the the bad guy like the the girl and not a demon but i think it's the ending that undoes it so like if she maybe was like you're right like this was not cool of me and then she didn't go into like some kind of special fbi school to like become an assassin like you know like rather than her becoming like a useful weapon like if we could have seen her be re- actually yeah like actually just turn yeah to be yeah person. like buffy right. shows her empathy Right, like and Buffy's sees like, I her. see you, and then suddenly she comes back into focus, and then we get answers about if she's wearing clothes or not. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. I, the FBI thing, I think, only works if it pays off, and it didn't. It doesn't. And you know what? It's, Ever. again, one of those weird, dangly season one endings that's like, dun-dun-dun, and we will never pick up this thread again. This is right there with the praying mantis eggs, and, you know, like, we're done. This is never going to have any kind of factor in anything again. And because of that, we should maybe just call it quits on (laughs) Out of Mind, Out of Sight. I guess we sort of did it. Is there even, once again, is the, I guess the only person I could even think of if we're naming an MVP here is Angel, just in terms of. Oh, Angel definitely gets MVP in this episode. Was shoehorned into this episode for no reason other than I think he's just in the finale, and we had to have him. We have to have that book pre the finale. The the book has to be there. We have to bring him back. We need the we need the codex. We have to remember that we're fighting the master in forty five minutes. (laughs) It was a lazy way, I should say, to get Giles, Willow, and Xander to safety. And yeah, just was which, there. I mean, they also like didn't need to be in danger in the first place. Like I, it didn't accomplish yeah. anything. But yeah, like I think I, we, I, the writers forgot that Giles and Angel had never met too. So they were like, we have to actually before next week when they're gonna like have yeah. to work together. Right. They have to meet. <laughs> yeah, I do like their dynamic. I don't remember how much we see it. I feel like it's not a lot, but we need I more like of it. Some of their, they have some good dynamics in season two, you know, like where you can tell, like they both obviously care for Buffy and they're two willing old to like men. two old men. Um, <laughs> but, but, but it becomes nice when it's turned on its head and, you know, when Angel goes bad and like he has this established rapport with Giles that, is, you know, allows him to be extra evil with him, mm. which is horrible, but also is. It pays off. It pays off. So I want to give my MVP to Cordelia because she had her little heroic, her first heroic moment in this episode. She saved the lit teacher. And this is 
of the first of a long journey for Cordelia and I love her and this is hashtag my Cordelia in this <laughs> this is the first time she is hashtag my Cordelia as well I would give Cordelia the uh mg the most growth yeah most improved the, the in the NBA they call that the mip <laughs> oh the, okay, the most yes, improved that. player <laughs> I know all most about sports. Give her that yep. one. <laughs> so Cordelia's MIP. She's most improved. Um, when we get to the end of the show and we have to do like full on superlatives, I think she do- <laughs> she has me the MIP. <laughs> and then like oh LVP for this episode for sure. Willow. Was she even in this episode? Honestly? I think that's why I'm hesitant to even name her that because she, she's so useless. She doesn't do anything in this episode. I don't even think Xander does. Like they're just I would there. give Xander negative points for being a pervert again. Yeah. I think I would be a pervert in front of Giles, Giles. of all people. <laughs> he's your <laughs> he's your dad. Okay. None of you have good father figures. And you need to get a grip and stop talking about how you'd be invisible and run around and look at naked girls. Get a grip. It's not cute anymore. Yeah, if you could just stop for like five minutes. It's too often. It's too much. It's like every single episode. It's giving Sid the puppet. (laughs) (laughs) When Sid, year old man. If we found out at the end of the show that when Sid like died, his little spirit just like was in Xander, I would believe you. <laughs> just moves on. Speaking He's like on. Xander's great grandfather. <laughs> Let's move on from this episode. So anyway, uh, thank you for listening to Out of Mind, Out of Sight, season one, episode eleven of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. If you would like to stay engaged with us, you can follow us on all social media at BB Buffy Pod. And if you enjoyed this episode, recommend it to that kid in high school who you wished would have a good summer and never spoke to again. It is finally time to reconnect. Hey. <laughs> We're almost there. Amazing. <laughs>